what are you putting your hope in? And a lot of us put our hope in the things of this world, trophies that disappear and that collect dust when we're dead. So I just want to have you guys reflect on what are you putting your hope in? Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I want to help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, welcome back to the Vince Del Monte podcast. Before we dig in, I want to give you context to this title. Uh, One, I did need a little bit of clickbait to get your attention on this one. And if you clicked, I promise I won't disappoint. Uh, This is going to touch your heart. It's going to touch your soul. It's going to touch your mind. It's going to touch your will. It's going to touch your spirit. And that was the intention of my intro talk that I gave to my six-figure coach and seven-figure mastermind. Uh, students on this training. So you're getting a behind the scenes snippet of uh, me sharing with you how to gain a perspective on the pain in your life and also asking you a really tough question, interesting question, a powerful question, which is what are you putting your hope in? And I'm seeing so many entrepreneurs exit, get destroyed, by their emotions, get discouraged and anxious and frustrated, and it's because they haven't reflected on one of the most important questions. What are you putting your hope in? Is it trophies of this world, such as fame, power, pleasure, fortune, or is it something greater than yourself? And this episode is dedicated to helping you start to tap into something greater than yourself when you're going through those dark times, those deep waters. And I hope this lifts your spirit and helps you get in tune with your heart, with your mind, with your soul, your spirit, and your will. And uh, I shared this with my students and I thought this would make a great podcast and uh, really looking forward to your feedback. So dig in. Hit me up on the gram. Let me know what you think. And uh, are you enjoying these sermons slash tactical business messages all wrapped into one? I said it wasn't tactical. It actually might be tactical. Uh, I'll let you decide. All right. Enough said. Enjoy. I just want to share a quick passage, if you guys don't mind, and then we're going to take your questions, I promise. Um, and it's so it's so interesting because... I was reading, uh, it's, it's a very short passage, and some of you guys, whether whatever your faith, you've probably heard this before, you've probably seen this tattooed on people, uh, but it's one of my favorite uh, verses in the entire Bible, and um, it's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, 1 to 3, and there's just one line that I want to emphasize here, and I want to share something from my athletic backgrounds and on how to kind of get through tough times, so here we go. Therefore, since we surrounded, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary 
and lose heart. And the line that I want to bring, when I did my devotion this morning, there was one thing that I heard. I'm like, I don't know if I want to share this with everybody. This might be a little too spiritual, but I, I follow, I'm following my gut here. And I want to share this with you um, because I was a runner. And before I share the line that jumped out at me, um, and the way I want to give you guys is when I was a runner, how many of you, how many athletes are in this room? A lot of athletes and, and how many runners, any runners in the room, any track athletes, anybody, any competitive sports? Yeah. So when I was a runner, one of the things we would do in, uh, in running is you would focus on yourself during the run. Um, you would focus on your breathing. You'd focus on how your feet are landing. You'd focus on staying with the pack. You'd focus on smiling to relax your neck muscles. You'd focus on your, your arms and keeping your arms moving uh, when you're fatigued. And, and something that um, I learned when I was a part of this Christian organization called Athletes in Action is we did this grueling, you know, Bader's 75-hour project. We did a 24-hour version of that way back in like 2002. It was a 24-hour all-day um, like um, fest or um feet after feet, challenge after challenge. And it finished at the end, we had to run up this massive hill. Like it was literally like a ski hill um, with this massive slant. And we had to go up this hill with a cross on our back. We had to put this cross on our back with our hands behind there. And we had to run up. It was the final challenge of, it was called the special. They called it the special. It's a 24 hour grueling, uh, just physical brutality test. We went all through the night, no sleep bodies completely destroyed and on the final task um, we had to run up this hill and this hill was so steep it felt like your nose was touching the hill and you had to go up and this entire um, task was to represent what Jesus went through on the cross and um and, and the verse that jumps out here at me is um <clears throat> let us fix our eyes on Jesus and that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to put in perspective the pain we were going through versus the pain that he gone through. And the pain that he went through in light of saving us, in light of things in the future. He went through so much pain to save us. He didn't need to do that. He did not need to sacrifice his life. And oftentimes when we are in pain, what I want to offer you is to, and I don't know if you believe in Jesus, if you believe that he's a reliable historical character that actually watches earth, or if you believe in God or what your faith background is, but stare at something greater than yourself. For me, it's stare at Jesus and then glance at your life. Stare at Jesus, then glance at your life. Stare at Jesus, then glance at your life. Stare at the cross and then look at your life. Stare at heaven and then look at your life. Stare at God and then look at your life. And what happens is you will have an immediate perspective on what, uh, what matters. And this is, this is what um, has been helping me and something that you're probably not going to hear too many business coaching programs out there. But I want to just encourage you guys to look at something greater than yourself. If that was too spiritual, look at your kids. If that was too spiritual, look at your spouse. If that was too spiritual, look at your clients. Look at something greater than yourself to put everything in perspective. And oftentimes we put so much pressure on ourselves during these, you know, this race. I put all this pressure on myself to perform and to finish a certain position 
and to make a certain amount of money and to provide for my family and to be seen as the guy in the family that uh, takes care of everybody. That is too much pressure for one person to bear. Stare at Jesus. Ask him for help. Understand that you're a part of the bigger plan. Our house sold this time. Last year, we put so much freaking frantic energy in trying to sell this house. Guess how many offers we got? Zero. We fixed the house up. We put money into it. We did all this drone crap, like all this stuff on our power. We're going to get the shit done. We're going to do it. It's all us. We didn't get a single offer this year. We didn't even try. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? The house is sold. Like, yeah. They're freaking, there's a roofing problem. And they didn't, we're oh my gosh, they're going to ask to take 80,000 bucks off. They didn't even say anything about the roof. So there is value in surrendering. And that does not mean that you don't try. It means that you understand that you're a part of a greater plan. And that what you're doing now is going to have more impact than you understand. And this is pretty scary. I know I'm probably stretching a few of you too much today. So I'll, I'll pause there. Just want to kind of check in with you guys and just help you guys stare at something greater than yourself when you're in these tough times. Stop making it all about you. If you want the formula for being depressed, focus on yourself as much as possible. It is the guaranteed way to get depressed. It is why our society is so depressed and so anxious because they constantly think about themselves. And I'm not talking about people who've had traumatic victimized situations. I'm talking about people who are self-absorbed, who aren't grateful and thankful for this amazing world we get to live in and this amazing high ticket service we get to sell and uh, build a great life for ourselves and our family and serving others at the same time. So real quick, how did that land for you? And then let's take your questions. Kyle, thanks for that, buddy. Chris, thank you. Samantha, you're welcome. All right. All right. Uh, let's, let's jump in, guys. And, and I just want to share all that um, because people need hope more than ever. And, and we have to start asking ourselves, where, am I get, where do I get my hope from? I get my hope from making more money? Do I get my hope from making $50,000 a month? Is that where I'm drawing my hope? Well, what happens all those people that hit that amount and they're still missing something? So a great question to reflect on today, but where are you putting your hope? If you're putting your hope in yourself, it's a formula for depression. Now that doesn't mean, again, we don't take action and that we don't fulfill on the gifts and opportunities and talents that we have. It just, it's an acknowledgement that things might not always go according to plan. And I've been sharing a lot about this right now, especially with the economy we're in. A lot of you guys, have, I've heard, we have a lot of members hitting 100K months, um, but we also have some members who are experiencing their revenue staying the same, but they're trying twice as hard, working twice as long, and they're getting confused. And it's because we're now more pre-pandemic economy times where people are not spending money as quickly. The sales cycle seems to be more like three to nine months, not three to four months. People are taking longer before they're buying. So one of the best ways to start understanding how do I respond to the economy, cold ads aren't working, cold outreaches aren't working as well. If you do have setters, now you need really good setters, like setters who are from other countries who can hardly speak English. We're seeing like a huge reduction in performance because they can't articulate the value of your service. Uh, we're seeing teams that are getting leaner, but higher skilled, doing much better. 
So if you're building a team right now, this is the time to build up your team, support your team, delegate responsibility, make sure they know their job is secure and safe. Spend time investing into your team right now because businesses that have strong teams will maintain a strong culture. They'll maintain a strong community, which will stabilize your business during this period where people are taking a little longer to buy. Things have more so normalized because there hasn't that, that big influx of money during the pandemic, it's kind of disappeared, if you will. So people are much more, uh, they're not a little more, um, they're moving a little slower in buying high ticket services. They know they have a lot of options, all right? So they're not just jumping at who's got the latest shiny gimmick, all right? We're not experiencing transactional buying. And I'm noticing this amongst a lot of my buddies as well, uh, who like even eight figure businesses who are noticing revenues have kind of stabilized, slowed down, even gone backwards. It's not everybody, but it seems to be a bit of the economy we're in right now. So we just, it doesn't mean we, our business can't grow, but we have to use different strategies. We have to have a different mindset. Does this make sense? Business is about being able to stabilize through storms. If you don't stabilize through a storm, you start doing stupid shit, okay? And you start doing, uh, you start getting desperate. You start using pressure to grow your business. You start, start jumping from tactic to tactic, not realizing, hey man, we just need to stay steady right now. We just need to stabilize the ship. We don't need to jump off the ship. We need to let our team know, hey, we're going to serve our community. We're going to focus on referrals. We're going to focus on renewals, reactivation of old members. We're going to focus on transformations. We're going to improve our program. Uh, we're going to stay steady in the DM, creating great content, running master classes, five-day challenges, two-step posts. We're going to stay steady. The individuals that stay steady are going to be the people in a couple of years where people say, oh, that person suddenly blew up. Nobody suddenly blows up. Everybody who has what you want has been steady through the storm. So say, I'm going to be steady. I'm steady. In the, in the chat, I'm steady through the storm. There you go. I'm steady through the storm. And your family needs you to be steady more than ever. I'm steady through the storm. All right. Sometimes we don't need to be a hero. We just need to be steady. Awesome, guys. Let's get that in the chat. I'm steady through the storm. All right. All right, guys. Let's knock out some questions. We'll go to Andrew. I haven't taken one of yours for, for a bit. So, I wanna, so we'll go to Andrew, then um, Ori, then Drew. First off, I don't know. I'm going to follow that up. So I appreciate the inspiration and insight this morning. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry to hear about your family and what's going on there. So appreciate your time today. So I've been running more of like a hybrid model last eight years. So when I joined your, your guys' group, I've already, I've already developed a pretty decent following just by organic Instagram stuff and then selling more like lower ticket programs online. Uh, but now doing this, it's kind of understand like how do I recapture those those kind of warm leads that have purchased stuff before? And if, there, if there's like an email I should send out to them and kind of requalify if they want to kind of jump into the program I'm building now. Yeah, absolutely. Have you heard of the nine word email? Okay. So I'm going to give you the famous nine word email. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I can't type in the chat today. I don't know what's going on here, but um, I'll just uh, let you, somebody else can transcribe what I'm saying and put in the chat. So the subject line is, Hey, first name. So, Hey, Andrew. And the body copy is, Hey, Andrew. Uh, what's your service, by the way? More like golfers. Golf. Okay. Golf so what would, their, what would their big benefit be that they want? Uh, more in the lines of gaining mobility without sacrificing strength. Okay, so 
Hey, Andrew, are you still interested in improving your golf game? This is going to be a little longer than nine words because of this. Are you still interested in improving your golf game and improving mobility without sacrificing strength? Question mark. And that's going to be a reactivation email. And then you're going to get a ton of replies that say, yes, 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 yes. And then what you're going to follow up with them is you're going to say, um, I'm looking for five serious golfers who are ready to add and be very specific in the promise, you know, add you yep. know, this percentage, whatever swing uh, without sacrificing this. Um, interested in hopping on a call to see if you'd be a good fit, question mark. Or you could put something, I'm putting together a 10-man test group for the month of August. Could you be interested okay. in on a call? Look at Colton just dropped in there for you. Yeah, Colton's been really helpful. Amazing. Yeah, that's solid. Thank you, Sweet. Colton. And then they're going to come back, let them know you're putting together a 10-man test group for the month of August where you're going to be working closely with a small group of people. Would you like to hop on a call to get more details? That's how you can use okay. okay, good stuff. Let's jump to Thank you. no problem. Ori, did I say her name right? His name? I don't know. Mute yourself or... Uh, um, all right, so I have a call today uh, with Alid. Uh, she mentioned in the uh, questions that she needs to, like she takes decision with her husband. That's the first time this thing comes. I mean, when someone is like, like honest about that. So uh, I have a question, two questions. What happened if husband comes in a call, do I just go on with like what I would say normally? And that's my first question. Second question is, if he doesn't come, then uh, do I just postpone this, uh, this call or what do I do? Okay, so she needs to bring the husband on the phone to make the decision? Apparently, yeah. I mean, answering so the question. So, so what are you, if you're, before you have that call, you always want to tie down and find out. So what, were you, what are you going to do if your husband says no? Right. You have to find out. You have to isolate if it's a true... Um, objection around uh, buyer decision or if it's just a smoke screen um, so you have to ask you know say hey well what are you committed to getting started with your goals what are you willing and able to commit to the goals we discussed today what are you willing and able to commit to your goals so try and isolate back you want as few decision makers in as possible because she might be able to say ah you know what i could get started today um, if, you know, we can make, you know, if we get a payment plan or something, you just add more friction otherwise. So try and minimize, eliminate the friction. Okay. And make sure it's not, and you ask her that before the call. So you can anticipate that the guy might should not show up. I'll do that next time. Cause the call is in 30 minutes, but yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no problem. And, you know, ask the individual, the, ge the gentleman, so, hey, what do you guys need to know to make a decision today? Is there any reason why you guys wouldn't do this? What would be the biggest benefit of getting started today? All right, great. All right, Drew. Are you moving to um, from the Toronto to the U.S.? I still have some things to sort out. Yeah, I don't know if that's completely off topic or how much you're you're sharing. We... we uh, we have before we were spending half the year in uh in the us i'm living in canada now before the last few years and we have plans to go back 
full time. I don't know if that's something that you want to share some of the, the challenges or, or how you're able to do that. I were able to okay. the states. Well, the first thing was um, kids. You know, what's the best environment for the kids, right? You know, Toronto is, you know, lost. Um, Canada's lost. I mean, in my opinion. Um, for the, the same way. So the very first thing was like, I'm not raising my kids, you know, in a school system where boys are looking down at their penises and not sure if they're a boy or a girl. That's not happening. So first things first was just to decide what's best for the kids. Um, that and again, I've been in Toronto for seven years. There's a lot of amazing things. I love, I love, I mean, there's a reason why we moved here. Uh, but it's you got to look at the future. Uh, so we got to understand our kids are being brainwashed. The truth has been put out. It's been poisoned. The lives are being exalted more than ever. I just want to put our kids in a more stable environment. So that's how we found Franklin, Tennessee. Um, very Christian-based, great schools. So once we once we located on that location, we started doing research. The same type of school our kids are in here in Toronto. They have them in Franklin, Tennessee. They're classical Christian schools, fantastic schools. Um, the next thing was the visa. So we originally were going through up for a green card from Canada. Our council didn't know that was like a year and a half wait, which is we got blindsided by, spent like a lot of money on poor council. There's a lesson there for you. Not poor council, I shouldn't say it. She was wonderful, just, just wrong strategy. She had the wrong strategy. Um, she, was, she was just a great lady with the wrong strategy. We met somebody else and he said, why don't you just apply for a visa from, uh, and then apply for the green card from inside the state. So I applied for what's called an O-1 visa, which um, stands for extraordinary ability. And you essentially have to make a case for why you're better than um, others in your space. And I have to get references from actual direct competition, uh, which was actually quite easy. There's a lesson there, having relationships. I have um, relationships with every one of my competitors. Um, I'm friends with many of them. And they were happy to support me. And they promoted me, which is really, really cool. Um, that was a huge, like really, really, just a, what a powerful lesson that an experience that was. When your friends who are competitors get on the phone with your lawyer. Um, that was pretty much it. The third piece was um, building a home in another country. And then the fourth piece was just dealing with, you know, our family, like my, my, my nephews are all crying yesterday because they're not going to see my son, John Luca. And, you know, saying goodbye to family is really hard. Um, saying goodbye, it's really, really tough. Now, we're not there for good or for sure yet, but um, I'm trusting that we will make it, it there. But those are the main things. So figuring out what's best for the kids, figuring out a visa path or green card path, and then figuring out um, the health situation. And uh, for us, we went four, 12 hours from Canada. So like uh, flagging the kids drove down to Tennessee this morning. Um, and we've been doing the trip by car because it's cheaper, but that's pretty much it. I think, I don't know if I'll be there the rest of my life, but in terms of also other reasons like taxes, um, I'm going to get a massive pay raise because of the, there's no state tax. Um, cost of living in Tennessee, Franklin is much lower. So, um, you know, living in Toronto is expensive. Like it's just, it's hard. You know, I've got clients who move up to California. It's hard. So like, we're talking about like, where do you set up shop? Right. These are things on how to manage your wealth. Right. Where where is a good place for your future? Um, yeah, I hope that's helpful, Drew. Yeah, that's great. 
Okay, okay. great. Appreciate it. Right. Yeah, raise your hand if you got any questions on strategy, tactics, mindset, investments, building a team, culture, leadership. What's on your mind this morning, folks? So my question is kind of you mentioned about investments. Obviously, um, I want to make sure that um, I'm maximizing my business as far as investment long term goes. And I understand you're not an accountant, but you're somebody who who is a bit ahead of me, a bit, a lot ahead of me when it comes to wealth building. So my question is, um, whenever it comes to uh, investment allocation and the way that the taxes work with capital gains rate and, and, uh, you know, active earnings rate, how do you navigate that? Because I feel like I'm going to get freaking destroyed by taxes, which I was this past tax year. So Um, what are some strategies that you are using? (laughs) Well, we invest everything into real estate. And we focus on what we're able to produce Um, in terms of savings, um, where you live is going to have a big one. How much you keep in your corporation will be a big one. Um, What I would recommend you do because you're in Dallas is there are a lot of wealthy people at um, Elevate Life Church. Um, I would plug into the community and find out who some of the wealthier individuals have as accountants because at the end of the day, if you read the book on I think it's like habits of successful millionaires. The number one habit of millionaires is that they have good accountants who know the law. So in terms of what we do, um, we invest a lot of our money. So it's, 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 we don't keep it much in our bank accounts at all. Um, that's not really tax advice in terms of minimizing taxes. You need what's called a tax. <coughs> um, the best guy online, um, his name's Garrett Gunnarsson. We're actually. Okay. Um, so question you, know, you- Question: You just said uh, um, that you don't keep you don't keep a lot of cash uh, on your account. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? And what do, would you define as a lot? Oh, we just we leave enough in the business to function. Um. Well, like <laughs> six months worth of like bills, no. or even less. Oh, we we live paycheck to paycheck. Business is like we pay everything is reinvested. So so we live broke. Um, Everything goes in. So we have our accounts broke up into a profit account, tax account, shareholders account, and then our um, OPEX account. So the OPEX is designed to function with the business. And then um, we invest from the profit account. You invest in the business or you invest in uh, like... In, in, do, in what? In the assets. So in the real estate. And you invest as a business, not as Vince Del Monte or Flavio Del Monte? Um, that you definitely want to talk to somebody about. We, um, there's, there's a, right now, this is way above my pay grade. This is why I would, I would, a guy you could start learning from his name is Garrett Gunnarsson. He's, he's the guy, the go-to guy. A lot of people go to him in the States and he brings, um, his website's wealthyfactory.com. And, um, I can talk to you a bit more about, um, him get an Italian on the side. He does these really expensive tax consult- consultants, but like he gets people's taxes down to virtually nothing or half. Um, he's got some very creative ways of doing things. Um, a lot of stuff is like utilizing your own home for business. So bringing down as many of your expenses as possible. So 
that's a really big one that you can leverage. She has all this creative stuff that's like just actually it, it's wealthy factory with a, with a Y at the end. Um, I, if you want me to connect you with this guy, he's not cheap, but he'll make back. Um, I know like the wealthiest people I know use this guy. His name's Garrett, G-A-R-R-E. I found his website. Gunderson. And I don't know why I can't type in the chat today. G-U-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. Um, this guy is genius. And if you really want to start learning about wealth, um, this is the go-to guy. So let's just, let's pause there. If you want an introduction to him, Natalia can tell you about it. But um, one of the things I've done well is just find people who are uh, vetted and who've had success with themselves who are far, far wealthier than me and the people they advise. So really key. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, JT. Yeah, because I was talking to my accountant yesterday and he brought some clarity on a few things. Um, and my husband is looking at a career change that I'm concerned is going to really screw us over with, with taxes. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm kind of trying to think outside the box. Yeah. You're right now, based on your revenues. Now you're in a place where you mentally want to start thinking about protecting your revenues. That's a great mindset. You're now, your, your business is doing fantastic. You got a great brand. You've got great systems. You've got a process for bringing in revenue. Now it's time to protect your revenue. Um, for get this, get, you know, spend the next 12 months getting this all in order. That way you can go back into a more aggressive growth phase when you have all your personal assets stabilized and you know that you're paying the minimum amount on tax. So that's what wealth's all about, you know, increasing revenue, stabilizing, it's like the gym, you make gains and you stabilize them. All right. I'm going to jump to a couple more questions here. I saw some hands go up too. Natalia, good. Um, let's Perfect. Go to Thank you so much. I'm sorry. Keep sorry for me to keep track of other hands. If I see a Viola's hand up, then Dimitri. Thanks. Um, can you talk about the, the your how you thought about your podcast or building it up first? Because I know you've always talked about how it's more of a long term yeah. play, and really you use it for your own to connect with people that you want yeah. and for collaborations. Yeah, a um, podcast is fantastic. Yeah, a podcast is primarily designed for value exchange, uh, value exchange for your audience, and value exchange with other speakers. So you kind of just summed it up right there. So it's something you do consistently for a long time without expecting an ROI. But after three or four years, you'll start to hear more and more people say, "Oh, I found you through your podcast. I found you through your podcast. I love your podcast." It's hard to gauge because it doesn't have that visibility. Like people listen to it. Um, it's not like there's a comment section underneath every episode. So what I would do is um, really focus initially on building up the views through um, speakers, but then you want to start to shift being the, the, the focus of the show where people are in fact coming to hear you speak on subject matter expertise. Uh, but it's a fantastic way to build your own stage. So when you're looking at building relationships, you often have to lead with a giving hand and everybody's trying to grow their audience. So podcasts have a, have a, a very high value perception of the value because one, people who listen to them are typically more serious. They're edu you know, value education, learning, they spend money. So it is a long-term play. I would leverage other people's audiences to grow the podcast, do what we do with the Bedrock podcast, which is have our speakers 
promote it on their social stories, collaborate with the speaker, and um, use it also as an, as an opportunity to learn. It is, I will say, it is a big time drain, if you will. It sounds like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast. Next thing you know, you're like, holy crap. My brother just texted me and said, Vince, we need a podcast for tomorrow. I'm like, shit, I don't have any time today. Uh, <laughs> um, so, and the big thing is to start off with a very a specific theme. So, you know, I wouldn't start off with like your name because nobody knows who you are, but start off with a very specific topic that your podcast is going to focus on solving. Can you talk, do you mind um, just a follow-up question with that? You talked about your vision for your podcast. How did you uh, come up with that? Uh, my vision was based on my values. So I launched the Vince Monte podcast uh, a few years ago, and it was built around helping men become better men uh, through the five M's of manhood, muscle, mindset, money, mission, and marriage. So I wanted to have a platform where I could talk about more things than just business. Some of my you know, you know, competitors, they have like very niche specific. I can't talk about just business. It's impossible for me. Nobody here is going to get me to talk just about business. Screw off. Don't even try it. It's not happening. It's not who I am. I wouldn't even want to show up for these calls if I just had to talk about business. So that's the thing. When you build a podcast, build it to last. For me, I need to be able to cover some different topics. And I also know myself well enough that I'm not going to talk about money 365 days a year. So I built the podcast around me and what I like talking about and what I wanted to bring to the table and where I also felt like there was a gap in the marketplace. And if you like six, seven years, everybody's talking about faith for money, faith, fitness, finances, you know, family right now, right? Well, I had my five M's. And I mean, I launched that, I mean, I launched that six, seven years ago. So I just noticed that a lot of fitness guys weren't talking about anything other than just fitness. And a lot of my people were asking me about things other than just fitness. So it was a natural evolution. And um, now we have, I think we have one bedrock episode on Mondays and we have like two more tactical, um, you know, more, more, more fitness business stuff on uh, Thursdays and Saturdays. So um, the also cool thing with the podcast is your podcast can evolve, right? It's, it's your name on the show. So, you know, if you, if you want to shift directions, you know, don't box yourself into a corner. People who listen to podcasts typically are coming to hear you talk about your thoughts on certain things, right? All right, I'll pause there. Um, Dimitri, go for it. Hey, Vince. Um, thanks. Your uh, first talk was amazing. Just wanted to let you know, every time I come on, I'm feeling very discouraged or down. I love those talks. My question is for some assistance with staffing. Um, I'm at the point where I've realized that towards the end of this lease for my club, I just want to stop it. I'm having more uh, regret and hate for the fact that Canada allows staff to just call in sick and say they have an injury and take the ROE. So I'm constantly dealing with staffing issues in my club. And I know that you've been through so much staffing in the past. And the only source that we kind of have is like Indeed. Is there any strategies you've used to look for bringing on or finding recruits that you feel would be good? Because I know that a lot of the industry is going into online now. So as much as I'm trying to stabilize my club and grow my online, I'm constantly being pulled in and pulled in. I spoke to a few, spoke to a few lawyers and they said, you know, you can either go bankrupt. And if you go bankrupt, your lane is going to be, you know, catastrophically blocked, even though we're incorporated. The company is making money. It's doing very well, but it's just taking up so much of my, my energy every day. And I'm dealing with more staffing issues. Been actually running my business and its clients. 
Yeah. Well, you need a general manager, Dimitri. Right. You got to find one person. You don't need to find whole staff. You need to find one person who can run the gym. And that's, that's, that's a hire that's going to take some time. So you have two options, right? You, you can go steal somebody from another club and pay them more money. That's your shortcut, right? Like, where's another general manager working that's not happy? You know, that's right. the first, you know, another one is that you have to find them and train them, which is the long and slow way. The fast and quick way, or the fast and easy way is that, yeah, find out somebody who's happy, not happy in another club, match, surpass that compensation. And, you know, that's how all the big companies become big. They just basically go poach the top talent from other companies. Um, so would pay. you say like through LinkedIn so, or through like, yeah, I, mean, through I mean, I don't know, but through your network. Through your network, I mean, you just, I don't know, your relationships and you start there, start in your own ether where there's, you got to know somebody who has experienced managing a gym who's been in the industry for a long time. There might be someone who's looking for a new opportunity and who's just not being treated well and be open to a conversation. So you got to get the word out there that you're hiring a general manager who know, has the how to do all the things you need to do. Because right now you're trying to manage the club. You got to get yourself out of that's the position you need to hire for. And then make all those problems somebody else's problems. Got it. And would you say I would reach out myself to kind of scout them? Or would I have my wife call and say, hey, Vince, we noticed you're working for LA um, or whatever club. Well, and- yeah, a bit of everything. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to, this is a project. You know, through your network, through your social media, start telling people, hey, spread the word. If you know anybody who's a general manager at a gym in the Toronto area is looking for a change, have them contact me. You're not, you know, directly walking in. You're not directly poaching, hoping to hear that. It's just, it's start, put the word out there. Be on the lookout for somebody um, or, or an up and comer, like a young guy who's an up and comer. You know how many guys want to have gyms? I probably, we, our sales team hears it probably every day. I want to have my own gym. I want to have my own gym. There's countless people who want to have their own gym. Um, right. So get the word out there and then put together a job description and what's the salary. People just want to know how much am I going to make? Um, come up with a really good job description. You can even model one of our templates in the portal for um, like online coach, but just rewrite it around a general manager of your gym. Okay. We'll go Chris and Aaron. Hey Vince, I got a pretty quick and simple question. Um, this was about a DM about a uh, pinned post about my story. This guy connected with me pretty well, uh, started having a conversation, then kind of moved into the DM script as far as, hey, cool, fast, we have a few questions, see if I can possibly help out, said what's up. Obviously sent him over the four or five questions. He responds with, seems too impersonal, man, just to copy and paste, I'm good, man. Okay, say now. Just so I tell you, real simple, don't, don't, don't judge, don't internalize it. Conscious observer, remove yourself, remove your emotions, conscious observer, just heart the message and say, hey, bro, sorry, totally understand how you felt that way. Appreciate the time, love to still connect if you're down. In those situations, the number one thing to do is validate people's feelings. Write that down validate feelings for some, I can't freaking write in the chat today. It's so weird. Um, validate feelings and just stay neutral. Would love the opportunities because he just wants to see if he's been hurt and that's it. 
So validate their feelings and then ask them, hey, if there's a, if I can still, if I can support you anyway, let me know. And then just kind of pull back. And you might be like, ah, sorry, man, I was just being harsh, man. I get these messages all the time. Yeah, you can tell me more. So oftentimes just being dis, just disconnect emotion from those outcomes. And then oftentimes people will come back because their emotions are not in check. For someone to say his emotions are not in check. So you maintain your emotion and then, um, and then just look at it. Yeah. Maybe if there's an opportunity to like make it a little more personal, take that feedback, take that feedback and uh, just make the messages a little more personal and be like, great, great feedback. No, I like that a lot. Now, what I did say, because this was a couple of days ago, I said, I heard the message, obviously, and I said, I totally get it, man. At the end of the day, I'm here to help people. I know my style of coaching might not be for everyone. If you have any questions that come up, just reach out. So I hear what you're saying, and I probably should have yeah, just maybe not just, added that last one. Always look for an option. So, so two things I'm going to give you guys is, is you guys want to write this down. In life and relationships, you have two options. You can be right or you can connect, but you don't get both. So oftentimes we sell, we just destroy relationships, we bulldoze because we want to be right because we're so defensive, insecure, yeah. lots of different things. Yeah. But try and remove your defensiveness, try and remove your emotion, try not to make it about you. All right. All right, Chris. Yeah. And then just, you know, get focused on the next combo. All right, Nurit, bring us home here. Okay. Um, I really want to thank you first because I remember you talking about managing emotions and I just, I have a little feedback. I'm going to bring y'all home. Um, these calls, I think your beginning is really, really good. And a lot of times I use what you share with us in my content and, you know, we've been looking at my contact content, Vince and I, and it has been really good, not just for engagement, but for just random call booking. So I really wanted to share that. Um, your words are really, I don't know, like they're meaningful to me. And I don't, I don't just say that like, oh, like I, they, they are, I write down what you say. And I think um, coming to these calls is great, but really like, you know, taking the time to like really take action on the calls. I think um, just to give feedback is, is a big part of it as well. And um, taking action, not to be condescending at all. I just, that's a piece of feedback. Um, and my question is, the, we are doing the five-day um, challenge and our topic is like, it's kind of specific is a lot of our clients get to Wonderland. That's their thing. And our, they named it actually. They were like, Wonderland, we got to Wonderland. We have a lot of people who do that. So we're trying to like make it sound cool. So it was, it's like five day get to Wonderland challenge. Do you think people will understand what that means? Oh, <laughs> of course not. But that doesn't okay. mean, that, does anybody here know what P90X stands for? I, I still don't. So it's what you make it. Okay. It's got to be you. People love, like I came up with the five day unbrainwash challenge. My team was a little like, How's that going to help us? I just went with my gut. At the end of the day, you're the leader of your company. It's a message for everybody here. We can wrap up on this note. You are the CEO, right? And, and the CEO is not chief executive officer. You know what CEO stands for? You're going to like this, guys. Chief engagement officer. It's your job to know what messages are going to engage the audience. You can't delegate that. 
if Wonderland is something that like you're feeling, your people are feeling, run with it because it's different. And nobody else is saying that. I frankly don't get it, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I don't get it. Like, I'm not trying to get everyone to understand the unbrainwashed channel because a lot of people don't want to come out of the matrix. You know, I have a message. It's probably going to take six plus months for people to catch on. So like my engagement is probably going to be low for, for a while before people like, man, I'm slowly getting messages. People saying, I like what you're talking about. It's going to take a shift. So if you have a message that's different, that resonates with you, that's unique to you, run with it. The worst thing you can do is look what other people are doing because now you just took away from your unique genius. You came up with something really cool, something different, and just unpack it. Now, what does Wonderland mean? Now, sure, now it's your job. Like when I say baby weight training, does that mean we're lifting with pink dumbbells? No, we're not actually lifting with pink dumbbells. It's a whole concept. It's a, it's a way of thinking about lifting the weights. But baby weight training gets people's attention. We're not actually lifting with pink dumbbells. So yeah, you got a big part of being a successful entrepreneur is learning how to trust your intuition. And that requires spending time with yourself thinking. My best ideas come when I'm alone. And when oftentimes when I don't ask for like any input from my mom and dad, from my mentors, it just like something comes to me. I'm like that, some higher power just put that inside me. And I'm going to pay attention to that. So just bigger answer to uh, that question, but I think you should run with it. People love who have, you know, have kind of marched to their own drumbeat, march to your own drumbeat. All right. We're not, you guys didn't sign up for a coaching program that has you all get access to like fill in the blank templates where everybody's following the exact same. That's not the Vince Del Monte coaching program. There are coaching programs out there. They'll charge you a couple thousand bucks and you'll get fill in the blank templates and you'll hate it. And you'll be like, this is stupid. You get a couple clients and you're like, I just sold out. I lost my soul. This isn't for me. We're going to teach you how to build a business being you because that's what's sustainable. Staying who you are. Is this helpful, guys? Um, I did see a question from Samantha and then we're going to wrap up here. I do have to jump. Oh, shoot. I'm already. Um, in the beginning foundational phases, would you advise focusing on other people's podcasts before starting your own and use that as a strategy down the road? Um, you, can, you can do both. I would start your own. It's a little easier to invite people on yours and then they invite you on theirs, but it's not like a fixed formula. If you can start collaborating with people in this group, that's a great place to start getting practice, you know, doing live interviews uh, with each other in this group. A lot of people do that. You guys should definitely work together, make money together, team up, find out who's in the room that you could be connecting with, creating content with. That is one of the values of this group. So don't leverage this group just for knowledge, uh, but also make sure that you're tapping into all the incredible people in this, in this room as well. Guys, you guys are awesome. Great work today. Um, Nashville, October 12, 13, and 14. Save the dates. Um, if you've not registered yet, get registered. We're at the Gaylord Hotel. It's going to be an epic time. Three days. We're going to teach you guys what's working best, help you keep building better businesses, and uh, we'll see you all soon. Ciao, ciao.